For none, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen, and somehow, some way, ladies and gentlemen, I managed to find myself in the studio alone. I know, how did this happen to me? But I'm not the only one. Other people have felt like this in the past. Tall Englishman, for example. I know, Sting. I know, mate. I'm, I'm right there with you, fella. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, outside of making various musical gags, as I'm prone to do, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, Michael the Stuck Wood is back in black, um, black caps, so to speak. Uh, the stick's going to drop in, and he's got a tape for us about the most recent test where the Aussies just thumped those Kiwis. Hooly dooly. Um, my Alex Spinks has also sent us in a tape all the way from the wilds of Canada to sum it up from an Australian perspective. Plus, we've got a new uh, guest on the show today, Matt Mears, who is a host of the Bench podcast on 100.1 FM up in Hornsby. Uh, Mearsy is going to stop by and talk to us about all things BBL. And the BBL kicking off uh, tonight with the Renegades uh, playing the Stars in the Melbourne Derby. So that's pretty exciting. If you haven't yet, go to the Two For None Facebook page uh, and there's a link there where you can come and join our fantasy BBL coaching team system. Um, I'm going to talk to Mirzi about all of that in just a minute. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for being with us. Christopher T. Barty is unfortunately laid up with the flu and has basically lost his voice. So pretty much can't have him on the pod, folks. So it's just going to be me today. But um, I felt like that went pretty okay uh, the other day. So let's let's reel it out again. Let's let's get around it. Um, all of our correspondence will be coming by very soon. But I think we should start with Mirzi. Uh, here's my conversation with Matt from a little earlier in the day. Uh, and joining us on Two for None for his for his debut from the bench pen the bench podcast I should say if I can speak on one hundred point one FM <laughs> Matt Mears Mearsy great to have you on the show pal how are you mate great to be here I will correct you it's from Splinters the Bench podcast thank you from thank you. the Bench Radio Show on Triple H one hundred point one FM but. As we work together a little bit on the commentary for uh, Triple H, I know how you roll. I'll let that one slide. I, I appreciate that, Mirzi. I appreciate you letting me off the hook. So you are part of both a podcast and a radio show. Is that correct? Is that why I've stuffed that up? I think so, yeah. We do, we have our Tuesday podcast. We have our Friday night radio show as well as the commentary that you've joined us on in yes. the last few weeks on a Sunday afternoon. Too, we're we're busy people over at Triple H Sports. Holy moly, Mirzy! I'm I'm surprised you're holding it together over there, mate. Um, <laughs> pal, I just wanted to get you on the show to chat a bit about BBL. Um, oh, and mate, can't wait. Are you pumped, mate? I am absolutely pumped. As said, for the next six or six to eight weeks, something on TV that's actually watchable every <laughs> night. How can we not be excited about that without reruns of like My Kitchen Rules or uh, um, I see one more how, to, how to Marry a Farmer or any of those other rubbish shows that 
thankfully get the flick for summer and we get real we get real TV on our TVs. How to marry a farmer in a kitchen while you renovate your bathroom. I know, it's just <laughs> out of control. But Channel 7 better not steal that idea, by the way. If they steal it, I'm going to be annoyed. Um, Mizzy, who do you follow? Who are you excited about? Um, oh. And what, 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 are your, what are your big tips for this upcoming season of BBL? Mate, I am massive Sydney Sixers fan. Mm. I will not. I will not hide that. Um, Don't hide your light the... under a bushel, Millicent. Don't hide your light under a bushel, pal. You know, get it out there. <laughs> get that big pink light no, out mate, there. Definitely, definitely wear the magenta, mate. Definitely uh, find me out at the SCG a couple of times throughout the year. It, it's going to be a cracking season, as everyone is. You go from BBL01 to to BBL09. Something happens that just makes it bigger and better. This year, we, we get a little bit of a more compact season, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Last year's was way too strung out. You're having meaningless games happen in the middle of February. No one cared. <laughs> this year, everything... Well, they didn't. They no didn't. It's true. It's absolutely was, right. Everyone was back at school and work. Here, every round game will be completed by Australia Day, which is the perfect format. Only your finals will be on after that, which people actually care about. So we'll go out to the games once school and work and everybody's back there. But I think the big thing for BBL09 is the players and, and mm. having the likes of AB de Villiers, yeah. Dale Stain, getting them involved, it's going to just take the BBL to that next level. Yeah, mate, I'm absolutely pumped about that. And look, looking at the Sixers squad, you've got some big talent there, mate. Um, Dan Hughes has been in great form. Uh, Joshy Hazelwood, if he can make it back from injury. Moses Enriques, Stephen O'Keefe. They've got to be a Lloyd Pope, the Cardinal. Oh, my oh. goodness. Well, Lloyd Pope will be struggling to get a game, I think, once uh, Nathan Lyons back from test duty. But True. with the one-day team being announced, with Sean Abbott also being added there, as well as Josh Hazelwood, it's going to be hard for the Sixers. A lot's going to rest on the likes of Jackson Bird and Tom Curran from a pace bowling perspective. Mm. Um, someone else is going to have to step up, maybe a Mickey Edwards or even a Jack Edwards with the ball to, to fill that fifth or sixth bowling option. When you've got the likes of O'Keefe and, and Lyon in a team like that, it's great spinning options. But I think if if Abbott's going to be gone as well as Hazelwood, we're just the Sixers are going to be a little bit thin in that area. Yep. Top order, I, I can't wait for you. As you said, Dan Hughes, Moses and Reeks. You've got Jordan Silk, my favourite. Some of those catches, the neck, you can't go past the neck. <laughs> you love the neck. But... Josh Philippe is my man to watch for the Sixers. Oh, really? We saw a little bit of what he could do last year, but if they give him an extended run at the top of the order, um, as well as taking the gloves, Peter Neville getting the flick, so you could bring some guy called Steve Smith in. Don't too know too much about this Steve Smith character. No, no, I'm not Maybe much we about might him. find a little bit. I think he's playing towards the back in the tournament. We'll find out a little bit about what he's made of when he comes in for a few games then. But uh, Josh Philippe, he's my man to watch. I think extended top run at the top of the order in the power play with the gloves he's going to be um he's going to be pushing for some bigger honors i think uh, in the next couple of years mate how do you feel about this golden cap shenanigans um for the top oh, the ipl score. now oh well they're getting it out in the in the in the bbl this year too so they're going to introduce a golden cap to be worn by the leading run scorer and the leading wicket taker in the in the tournament um they can be worn in the field or swapped post-match or at the innings break if there's a change in the leaderboard uh fans are going to be kept updated by the broadcasters and a running tally will be kept for both golden arm and the golden bat um how do you feel about that do you feel like that's a bit gimmicky mirzy or do you reckon that's a good way to get people involved well that, that seems to be 
the new thing is this year yet. Yeah, we're we're getting some good players, but we're we're also now looking towards the IPL for for more ideas. Yes, that that gimmick's obviously blatantly stolen from the IPL, <laughs> as well as the 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 strategic timeout. I think they call it. Oh yeah. The, the, the 90 second break so we can just play a couple more ads somewhere in the middle of the innings so obviously they've uh, they've been doing some uh, fact finding missions over at uh, the IPL and uh, the Mumbai Indians or whoever was hosting them and they've just gone yep this is good we'll just take them and say that they're out well mate you can't you can't really blame them for that I mean uh, you know it, the BBL the, uh, sorry the IPL has been a little bit successful in the last couple of years just a little bit just, just a little bit much, I think yeah. it's made just a couple a of bucks bit, yeah. I think some people have got a bit rich out of that um, the other contingent of humans which is going to be pretty interesting to watch mate is going to be the Afghanis so Rashid Khan's coming over because um, Ahmad is playing for the Hobart Hurricanes and Zahir Khan is over at the Brisbane Heat so um, you know that's nice to see that it's you know what I like about BBL and about 2020 is it makes the game so international you know what I mean um, and we get to mm. see a whole lot of players up close and personal that we might not get to see otherwise plus a couple of poms smashing them around oh man there's only there's only just a couple of poms I think like about 10 out of the 20 overseas <laughs> players are actually poms but and probably half of them are never heard of but it it's it's the thing that is great. Like, you see Rashid Khan, you see him for the Adelaide Strikers. Mm. You, you see that cult following that he has and, and what he brings to that team. It's amazing. Um, hopefully, you can see those other guys bring it to their teams as well. Not quite Afghani, but the Nepalese with uh, Labashain Sandeep for the Melbourne Stars. We saw what he did last year. Yeah. You could actually see the, the Nepalese fans in the stadium um, at the MCG for the Stars, holding up their signs. Not really big cricket fans, but just going great. There's one of their countrymen, yeah. um, obviously being expats from Nepal, now living in Australia, loving seeing one of their, their uh, countrymen on the big stage. So you're getting even more viewers involved as much as Big Bash does, and, and we've seen that grow cricket's audience. Having these overseas players, and particularly with the expat community that there is in Australia, you see them also appealing to an even bigger audience that probably wasn't identified by the the powers that be, but just a happy accident. And it's just growing the game even more. Love that, Mizzy. Love that. Mate, so tonight, um, the Heat are playing the Thunder. Your Sixers have got my Scorchers tomorrow. And the Renegades and the Thunder, I've got a uh, derby on uh, the 19th. So uh, give me give me how you reckon those chips are going to fall. Firstly, the Heat playing the Thunder. Any any feels about which way that might go? Oh, it's going to be a packed gabber with uh, A.B. De Villiers um, taking the field for the Heat tonight. The Thunder, they won't have um, Chris Morris from South Africa. He's still finishing up the South African mm. league. It's going to be a big one. As much as I'd like, as much as I don't like the Thunder because I'm a Sixers man and I don't like Brisbane even more, it's going to be a tough one. Our man on, on splinters, Jay Lenton's not part of the 13 for the Thunder. I think that also is um, a detriment to them as well. Yeah, but yeah. I think the heat with what they're going to have around them. Yeah. They won't have Joe Burns. They won't have, um, Marnus Labashain, who'll be on test duties, but just all round, I think they're going to be just have that little bit better package than the Thunder for the first game. Mizzy, I love that, mate. That's a great tip. I just hope the lights don't go out. As long as the lights <laughs> go out and we actually get a game in, then we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of Australia is feeling that way at the moment, actually, Mizzy, all things considered. Um, hey, mate, I wanted to invite you as well. I've started a fantasy league uh, for two for none. 
um, on uh, for the BBL this year. I'll send you yep. the link for it, and I'd love you to put your team in. Um, I and, think you might have to just have a little refresh of your team sheet there. Uh, well, maybe I will, Mizzy. Maybe yeah, I will. I think, I think I might have just snuck in just before the deadline. Oh, and, uh, really? Did you? Uh, nice, yeah. mate. Great. Well, that'd be awesome. Um, that'd be that'd be great. We can we can keep bantering about that as we hit into the new year, pal. But um, mate, mate brilliant. Love that, Mizzy. Hey, Pete, mate. Where can people listen to your show? Where can people get around it? Give us give us your plugs. Well, the plugs, I love the plugs. So Splinters, which is the bench podcast where we do things a little bit differently than we do on our Friday night show. We, we, we pick one topic and deep dive, whether it is a BBL preview, which I mentioned we had Jay Lenton on a, a few weeks ago. Plus, we cover a bunch more sports. That's on Triple H 100.1 FM if you're in Sydney. Um, you can also find it at um, That's on Sydney time, 8 p.m., um, on a Tuesday night, it then goes up on all your good and bad podcast sites, podcast.com, Apple Podcasts, all those good and bad ones. So check out there. Make sure you find us. Yeah, you give us a subscribe. Check all those out. We do cover as many sports as we can on that. Friday night, Sydney time, 6 to 8 p.m. is the bench where we go through all your local, national and international sport for two hours to uh, drive you home if you're in Sydney. Um, we like to have a bit of a laugh too as well. Um, so we, we try and keep you entertained. Everyone's Friday. They just want to get home uh, and start their weekend. But that Friday night drive is always a bit of a but is always one of those ones of the week. You just want to get home. So we try and uplift you for that. So Love tune that. in there, 100.1 FM or triplehfm.com.au. And Sunday Live, where you've been, uh, we've been fortunate to have your yes. company a couple of times, Sunday Live. So we've been calling the uh, Sydney Kingsgrove Sports T20 Cup. We'll be back. Next Sunday from Coogee Oval, um, the 22nd, from about 2.30 p.m. to call um, the Randy Peets versus um, the Sydney Tigers. So a few big names will be in that game as well. Uh, Dan Smith will be playing for the Tigers. Um, last time we called him, he smashed a bat all over Manly Oval. Um, so he does provide a bit of entertainment. So plenty of ways to hear us. Um, but, yeah. It's been a pleasure to be on the, Mate, uh, thank the you Two so for much. None podcast. Really, really great to have you on, Mizzy. We will chat to you in the year. Good luck with the call on the weekend, pal. And um, I hope your Sixers get pumped on Thursday <laughs> against my Scorchers. <laughs> Mate, not going to happen. Not going to happen. All, you, all your players have left for Melbourne. So what are you going to do? Who are you going to, who are you going to roll out? Uh, we're just they're, gonna, all, they're all playing in Melbourne now. Mate, we're just going to pray to the spirits of Justin Langer and Adam Gilchrist, and uh, they will appear... <laughs> Uh, on the third day, like Gandalf from the East. That's how that works. So just just be prepared for that. Thanks so oh, much, Missy. You're the best. Cheers, mate. See you later. It. Bye. Big thanks to Matt Mears for diving into the last minute and helping us out on Two for None. What an absolute legend, and I'm sure we'll be hearing from him in the future. See us again, Mizzy. Um, okay, let's dive into the most recent test match, which just wrapped up. Australia had a thumping victory over the Kiwis. And due to a tight rehearsal schedule, we weren't able to hear from Michael the Stuck Wood before the test. But he has sent me in a tape, folks. It is here in my red hot hands. And let's crack it out and hear what he has to say. As per usual, if I have anything to interject with, uh, funny, good, insightful, or otherwise, I will, of course, say, hold up, hey, to stop Michael and give you some of my thoughts. Let's crack into him. Here is Michael Stickwood with a New Zealand perspective on that most recent test match. Well, it looks like I'm talking to you a day earlier than I thought I might have been. 
I seem to be having some deja vu of what reminds me of a young Michael Wood having the hope that his favourite cricket team will pull it out of the bag and then become quietly frustrated and disappointed like a mother whose son decides he wants to become an actor. (laughs) I'm not normally one for excuses, but let's put some perspective around this, shall we? 40 degrees, lost the toss, pink ball under lights, Ferguson injured on the first day and no Trent Bolt. No warm-up game, and maybe jet lag. There wasn't really a lot of time for New Zealand to prepare from our conditions that we've just played two tests on to what we were presented with. New Zealand's only played two day-night tests before in the last four years. In the first, Trent Bolt got a 5 for 60 against Australia, and in the second, he got a 6 for 32 against England. We know he's a top-class performer, but maybe we missed him more than we realised. In saying that, I thought Southie and Wagner bowled very well. Wagner has that fire in him that I think some of our other players need. Hold up, hey there, Mike. Yeah, look, that's a really wonderful point from Mike and something I really hadn't thought about. Going from New Zealand straight to Australia, no tour games, no warm-ups, straight from, you know, some really different tracks over New Zealand, not to mention different conditions, to find yourself on that, you know, surface of the planet, Mars, um, pitch that was down there at Optus Stadium. I mean, that thing was A, lightning quick, those cracks opened right up, and the ball was doing some crazy stuff by day four. But huge credit has to go to Neil Wagner. Folks, he bowled 37 overs. 37 overs, four for 92 in that first innings. And in the second innings, he bowled a grand total of 23 overs, 3 for 59. I mean, what an extraordinary effort, especially given that he wasn't like floating it up there. Um, He was banging it in the pitch, trying to take off people's heads. I also love a guy who bowls 130 and acts like he's bowling 158. Um, And, you know, we so often think about the pink ball as, you know, nipping around, swinging, seeming under lights. Actually, it was the short ball. It was short balls from Wagner at like 129, 130, and the same from Southie that got a lot of wickets. Ended up being a bit of a body line test match. Um, But yeah, huge credit has to go to Neil Wagner. I mean, what a competitor. That battle that he had with Matthew Wade was just fantastic. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about it again in between these two correspondence tapes, but definitely a pretty tough lead in there um, for New Zealand coming to Australia. Uh, They really could have done with the tour game and there was probably time for it to happen too. Um, But maybe the scheduling between the test championship starting and um, the non-test championship matches they played against England, getting to and from New Zealand was, was, was tricky. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Mike's got a point there. Let's let's get back to him, folks. Let's see what he has to say. We need to stick it to these Aussies a bit rather than always being the nice guy. The more we sit back and take it, the more unshakable Australia gets. And that Australian arrogant... 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 Confidence <laughs> is not something that you want them to run away with. It will win the match. <laughs> Hold on, absolutely fantastic stuff from Wood there. Look, uh, yeah, I think that's a fair point. The whole arrogance thing is definitely... Arrow confidence. Arrow confidence is definitely a thing. Um, What I did love, I think it was um, Tim Southey at one point picked up a ball and tried to have a ping at the stumps when the batsman was well in his ground. And it was, was it Warner or was it Wade that turned to him and said, you're supposed to be nice guys. (laughs) 
I think Tim Southey was just, you know, capitalising off Wagner's energy there and uh, trying to, you know, assert himself in the game. I don't know if it's true, though, Mike. I mean, yeah, I think New Zealand have made such a career out of being the nice guys of cricket. I'm not sure that's really worth changing, although it was wonderful to see, you know, Neil Wagner going in there bowling short balls and bowling with some fire and some heat. I don't know if there's a way you can do that politely. Um, maybe, maybe just, uh, I don't know. Offering an offering a cheeky beer at the end of the play, um, apologising. Nah, that sounds a bit more Canadian, really, isn't it? Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> we played some very good Test cricket of recent time. Just last month, beating England in a series at home, and just reminding you that the first game we won by an innings and sixty-five runs, and we are on a run of seven unbeaten Test series with a ranking of number two in the world. But like my fill-in from last week, Coach Gary Stead said, our team test ranking will probably tell us more at the end of the summer after series against England, Australia and India. I am hoping, of course, Trent Bolt will be fit to play. Shane Bond was someone who used to rip through the Aussies. And so while, yes, a shame that Lockie Ferguson is now out for injury for the rest of the series, I'm not sure he would have made the team anyway if Trent was match fit. If he isn't ready to play, I'm not sure what the hell we're going to do. They haven't announced who will be flying over to replace, but if Bolt is unavailable, I assume... Hold up. Hey there, Mikey. Um, They have just announced it, folks. It's a guy called Kyle Jameson. He's an absolute giant. I think he's around two metres tall. Uh, He's uncapped. He averages about 27.9 up to 25 first class games. Um, but uh, they've they've brought him into the squad. They're not expecting him to play. It will either be, as Michael alluded to there, Henry or um, hopefully Trent Bolt um, to, to come into the side in place of the injured Lockie Ferguson. And, and listen, we, I mentioned it in the last podcast, but Trent Bolt is a serious bowler, and you have to say that they really missed him under lights. Um, Mikey gave you an indication of how good he is under the lights with the pink ball just a little earlier. Um, he is he's a serious bowler, but I think, to be honest, even... So he'll get in the side. Let's say Trent Bolt gets in the side. Um, he's fit, he makes it, he runs out, he's, he's doing well. That's great. New Zealand still have two big problems. They have problem one is Jeet Raval. Now, their opening batsman, Jeet, I'm sure the boys are going to talk about as we go on, is average seven this year. Um, seven, folks. 7.2. That is not great. That is not good. To give you an indication, I average three in Summerhill, fifth grade, park grade cricket. So that's not what you want. Um, they've got to think about that. The only other player they've brought along with them is a reserve keeper. So that's one issue. Secondary issue is is their spinner. Um, Satner went for runs in this game, folks. He really, really did. And that's that's not ideal. They're going to, especially on flatter tracks like the MCG and the SCG, you're going to want a player who's spinning the ball that can do a bit. Um, a good spinner is tough to come across. We all know that. Sadner in the second dig got no wickets after eight overs, none for 35. And in the first, he went a bit of a way, to be honest with you. He did bowled 33 overs, none for 111. Um, so that's that's a problem. You know, I think that's that's worth thinking about. Is it worth bringing Jimmy Neesham out of retirement? Dan Vittori making a few phone calls. Could be. Let's go back to the stick, see what he's got to say. Matt Henry will be in. 
It's obvious how Lyon is streets ahead of Santner, many calling for Santner to be dropped as he's out of his depth. And of course, much discussion around Jeet Raval, poor bugger, he's got to go too. I remember it took him forever to get his first test century. He finally got it against Bangladesh in March, but he hasn't looked likely since. We just don't have the time to stick with him now for the Boxing Day test. Send Henry Nichols up the order, I think. Tom Latham and Henry Nichols are both from my hometown and have played a lot of cricket together. Have them opening. And then bring Blundell in and down the order. Hmm. And for Santner, bring Dan Vittori out of retirement. <laughs> I think we'll just look at this test as being a warm-up for the real game starts on December 26th. Well, the real game, eh, Stick? The real game. Mate, if you get pumped there, um, I wonder what uh, wonder what the real game might become then. Hmm? Hmm? Could be, could be, could be problematic. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to come back to haunt me. I, I just said that bite then. It's a real pity we can't edit audio and can't cut that out. I'll tell you what. Um... Thank you, Michael. It's great to have you back on the show, mate. You're such a superstar. And um, hopefully, uh, if I am wrong, which is, let's be honest, happens all the time. Uh, if I'm wrong and New Zealand pull this out, um, can you please do us a song? You don't have to do us a song if you lose, but if New Zealand wins the next one, uh, it could be song time. I'm just saying. I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, we haven't had a, a Michael Wood original since Kane will cane them. And listen, uh, give the people what they want. That's what I'm saying. Speaking of songs, uh, let's go to our Australian correspondent all the way from Canada. Uh, let's hear what Alex the Sphinx Sphinx has to say about that most recent test match against the Kiwis. I am the god of hellfire. Bloody hell. And I bring you fire. These interests are out of control. Hello, one and all. I have traded in the blazing hellfires of New South Wales, Queensland and Western Australia for the beautiful snow-capped peaks of Canada. Currently staring through the window of my 20th floor hotel room out to the only place in Canada that could make me feel like I'm at home. Grouse Mountain. In pure dad joke fashion, <laughs> that's how I am currently describing Australia's bowling efforts in this last test. Just a mountain of grouse. Whilst Lebeshane's batting was sublime and most of the order all contributed a decent amount, I feel like I've spoken too much about Australia's batting for the last few months. Obviously, that's hard not to do because Steve Smith retained the Ashes himself and Marnus Lebeshane has scored a century in each match this summer and at least 50 in each innings. However, our bowlers desperately need some love. Uh, hold on, okay, showed- uh, Yes, yes, mate, they absolutely do. Uh, they absolutely do. And, you know, in the immortal words of Kanye, I'm going to let you finish. But, um... Manus Labashane, ladies and gentlemen. Manus Labashane. What an extraordinary find this bloke has been. Um, 143 in that first dig off 240. 18 fours and a six, striking him at 59. The biggest score in the game by a considerable margin. Ross Taylor was next in line with his 80-odd in the first dig um, on a pitch which was difficult to bat on uh, from the first day, pretty much. But by the fourth day, it was an absolute minefield. You know... Really impressive stuff there. Ably supported by Trav Head and Tim Payne even got a 39. Uh, Davey got a 43. So did Smith. 
I also really loved Matthew Wade. He's probably going to get this when he gets to the second innings. But I loved Matthew Wade facing Neil Wagner. I mentioned it before, but just like standing there and showing him his arms and being like, nah, you can just hit me in the bicep. It's really lucky that, um, you know, Matthew Wade is now more buff than Kumail Nanjani, um, you know, the guy from Silicon Valley. If you don't think he's buff, bloody have a Google, folks. He's bigger than Marcus Stoinis. Uh, it's that's it's a serious, it's true. Anyway, that's enough of my random ranting let's get back to Spinksy. why hazelwood had amazing figures for a part-time bowler one wicket zero runs eight balls bowled they are brilliant numbers unfortunately he's not a part-time bowler he's a new ball bowler we need him his evil left hamstring left australia hamstrung say that 10 times fast and in 40 plus degree heat 50 degrees in the middle of perth stadium at some points and well oh well did the other three step up Tim Payne managed the workloads quite well of Stark and Cummins, with part-time bowlers Matthew Wade, Travis Head <laughs> and Manus Labuschagne contributing 17 of Australia's 120 overs bowled. Shaggers even contributing a classic leg spinner's wicket in New Zealand's first innings. And Nathan Lyon bowled 37 overs for the match. Speaking of Lyon, he is where our bowling story begins for this roundup. We all know a spinner's wickets column can never tell the full story. Each great spinner can probably add an extra 100 wickets to their tally if they play test cricket long enough for the wickets they've helped the other bowlers take. Nathan Lyon is no exception. That being said, Nathan Lyon has seemed less in the game as each match went on after his great performance in the first Ashes test in Birmingham, and it looked like it was getting to him. He seemed angry this home summer, seemingly frustrated that his usual wicket-taking balls keep hitting the turf because of sloppy fielding from usually sound fieldsmen. And thus, in the final innings of this test, Lyon was ready to go from ball one. Waiting. You could see him start his give-me-the-ball-skip stretches after the fourth over. When he caught Raval off Stark's bowling in the seventh over, he didn't want to give the ball back to Stark. Williamson was in, and Lyon wanted him. He continued to stretch and warm up at almost silly point for the next two overs, making sure Tim Payne could see that he was ready and that he wanted Williamson. Eventually, Payne relented and he gave Lyon the ball to bowl the 10th over of the last innings. Unusually early, but with Hazelwood injured and the hellfire blazing from Lyon's eyes, Payne didn't really have a choice. He handed Lyon the ball and Lyon put his fury into that first rip. It pitched wide in the footmarks, it turned sharply into the batsman, it bounced steeply to hip height, and he forcibly snatched the wicket of cricket's most watchable batsman, Kane Williamson. Hold up, hey, Spinksy, what a word picture you just painted. I saw all of that in the inside of my mind palace. Um, absolutely right, mate. Absolutely right. You know, he does have some, like there was a bit of a cloud or a bit of a weight on him, our Nathan Lyon. Um, and he definitely was jonesing for that ball in the second innings. He bowled so well as well, you know, and I think he's been bowling well for a really long time, as Spinksy alluded to, potentially without a lot of luck. Um, even when he, if you were standing, if you were Nathan Lyon, right, and you were standing there at point while Marnus comes on and, you know, gets a classic leg spinner's wicket to bowl, bowl somebody through the, freaking gate, bowl them around their legs, dear old Satna, who, I, as I mentioned before, didn't have a cracker of a game, you'd be, um, you'd be a bit, uh, you'd be a bit upset, wouldn't you, in a way, he'd be sitting there being like, I've had about 75 wickets in the last eight games, which just have not gone my way, so, ah, uh, that, that fury that he used to his advantage, he hulked out and just sorted out the Kiwi captain, um, you know, he looks very difficult to face line, and what a weapon he is, anyway, let's get back to Spinksy. That wasn't enough for Lyon either, 
who took two of the next three wickets. His first three wickets accounting for half of New Zealand's top order. After Smith dropped Watling off Lyon in the 52nd over, thus continuing the Stephen Smith is human tour, he is the only member of Australia's top six to not have passed 50 this summer, the match looked like everyone was waiting for the drinks break. It was bloody hot and everyone needed a bit of a rest. The part-time bowlers came out, no expensive cricket shots were played. Some rest for the fast bowlers, some rest for Watling and DeGrandome, some rest for Nathan Lyon. Drinks. Then, after the drinks break, the 60th over begins. Bam! Cummins gets to Grandome, caught at slip third ball. 61st over begins. Bam! Stark gets Watling down the leg side after DRS on the last ball of the over. 62nd over begins. Bam! Cummins bounces Mitchell Santner out fifth ball. 63rd over begins. Bam! Stark poetically bounces Neil Wagner out. The two even sharing a smile when Wagner came to the crease both knowing the type of delivery that was about to be sent his way. 64th over begins. Nothing. <laughs> 65th over begins. More nothing. Then, as punishment for two quiet overs, Payne goes to the still glaring Nathan Lyon to show the quicks how to finish off the tail. Third ball of that over. Bam! Southey plays for turn. Lyon gets in with drift and skid. The test match is over. Bam! Patrick Cullen wakes me up at stupid o'clock a.m. Vancouver time on the first night of my honeymoon asking if I can send in a tape for two for none. <laughs> Bam! Tape submitted. Bam! <laughs> Donate to your RFS. <laughs> See us. Thank you, Alex. You're an absolute superstar, mate. Holy moly. Look. And it's becoming a rich tradition on Two For None that if you were one of our correspondents, you've got to get A, married, and B, once you are married, I will chase you uh, at all corners of the world. It doesn't matter if you're Northern Hemisphere, it doesn't matter if you're Southern Hemisphere, I will find you and I will make you send me a tape. I will, I, I, I will make you send me a tape about cricket. Just like Tom Hawkey's wonderful wife, Martina, I just want to send a big uh, big apology to Spinksy's wife, Rachel. Uh, Rachel, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry I make him do this. But, uh, you know, I, 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 flew, I threw it out to him as a thing being like, hey, mate, look, I know you're going. I know you got your honeymoon, pal. So no pressure. But if you can sling me a tape. Um, and Spinksy left at the chance. I'll have that put on the record. He, he left at it, folks. Don't listen to what anybody else says. He was definitely... He was definitely excited about it. Um, about as excited as I am to see the Aussies go and pump the Kiwis in the next Test match, folks. Because look, we've got to say that um, after that emphatic victory, uh, winning by 296 runs, a bowler down. I mean, none of us have mentioned it across this whole thing, but Australia lost Josh Hazelwood on the first day as well. Like, you know, people were falling like flies. Um, so, you know... A bowler down to win by that margin is awesome. And yes, everything Michael Wood said is true. That, sure, um, New Zealand's preparation was pretty problematic and there was a lot of other things which might have been a bit touch and go that, that could have been done to make their you know, lead-in a bit more successful. But um, nonetheless, you can only play how you play on the day uh, with what you've got. And Australia really did trounce the Kiwis. There's, there's two pieces of news, folks, that I need to put into your life. Um, the first being that with Josh Hazelwood going out of the squad, it's more than likely that, you know, um, James Pattinson will come in. Michael Neese is also in the squad. 
But Australia's selectors have included Peter Siddle in the squad for the Boxing Day test against New Zealand. This is hot off the presses, folks. Hot off the presses. Hey, did a little Peter Siddle at 35 years old is back. Um, he hasn't played a test since November 2016 in Australia, that is. He always had a couple of games in the Ashes this year, um, but he hasn't played in Australia since 2016, so that'd be pretty phenomenal if Sid's got the go. There, there has been talk, um, and Chris Barty and I were chatting about this online the other day, there has been talk of of getting four paces, four quicks in the side um, for this last test match. And, and, you know, that could be a pretty bloody wild idea. Um Cummins batting seven or Pattinson batting seven potentially. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't know who they drop. I don't know how they make that work. But Justin Langer has been talking about that. That being said, that I have a theory that that's JL just trying to throw us off the scent. I reckon we won't see too many changes for this side, given how emphatic that victory was. Um, and we'll just see Jimmy Pattinson come in in place of uh, the injured Josh Hazelwood. So let's let's stay tuned for that. The other piece of giant news is that we've had the ODI squad and coach, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, coach announced for our um, ODI side to face India in January. So we've got a, a ODI tour. I think it's a three-match tour of, of India uh, on the 14th, 17th, and 19th. Uh, January 17th, folks, is my birthday. So if you want to uh, mark a present in the mail, be my guest. Um, quick rundown of the squad. We're looking at Finch, Abbott, Agar, Carey, Cummins, Peter Hanscom, Josh Hazelwood, Marnus Labashane, Kane Richardson, Steve Smith, Mitchell Stark, Ashton Turner, Davey Warner, and Adam Zampa. Um, obviously, you've got your spinners there in Zampa and Agar, who formed a pretty good combination. Uh, Alex Carey is behind the stumps, and then some, some pretty good names in there. But look, a pretty exciting development in all of that. Oh, sorry, I should also say, great to see Sean Abbott in that side. Well-deserved after his incredible white ball form of this year. So, um, folks, it, it turns out that Justin Langer is taking a rest, and Andrew Ronald McDonald, um, everyone's favorite medium pacer slash lower order bat, um, dower lower order bat, should I say, is uh, coming in to lead the group while JL takes a bit of a rest. So, Pretty interesting stuff. It's going to be minus Labashane's debut um, in the one-day side, but you'd be crazy not to include him, wouldn't you, um, realistically? I mean, it's he's he's got a pretty freaking great team there. Um, I think they might be able to do him over there. I mean, you've got some great spin bowling options. Um, you know, you've got some really solid bats. Peter Hanscom's been pretty good, Nick. Uh, minus is obviously great. I'm looking forward to watching Aaron Finch. Uh, in the BBL starting starting tonight. So, uh, mates, it could be a really, really rock and roll time. So so watch out for that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how Andy McDonald goes in the top job. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do us for today. A reminder to donate to the RFS, uh, the Rural Fire Service. As mentioned in our last episode, uh, New South Wales is currently on fire. And it is on fire really bad. Um, Spinksy, before he nipped off to Canada, has been fighting those fires. So um, we really, really, really want to get the word out, folks. We really want to throw some money at them. Don't be like our prime minister who's just taken a cheeky trip to Hawaii instead of staying around to help out. Um, throw some money at the RFS. Do whatever you can. I've put the link for the Rural Fire Service to donate in the, in the episode description. There are seven, the walls of flame, which are 70 meters high. That's right. 70 meters, folks. 
Um, that's three cricket pitches, one on top of the other, uh, out in in the Blue Mountains, tearing apart um, national uh, World Heritage listed site. So things are getting really, really bad over here. Please, 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 if you can donate to the RFS, please do that. Okay, uh, that's about the end of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Bit of a quicker one for you today. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on 2 for 9. Really, really appreciate it. We will be back after the next test. Now, I have a theory um, that I'm not going to be able to get a, a pod done with Chris after this next test. I've, I know it in my heart. I don't think we're going to see Chris Barty till 2020. Uh, if we do, then awesome. But I have a feeling it's not going to happen. So I think our next guest host is going to be none other than my father, uh, Digby John Edgar Cullen. That's right. Diggers uh, is going to come in and have a chat to us next game. Uh, if you think I'm a loose unit, I have nothing on my father. So be excited for that. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Uh, big thanks to Matt Mears, Michael Wood, and of course, uh, Alex Spinks, uh, all the way from his honeymoon. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for getting in tapes. Really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back after the next test match, after the Aussies have a thumping win in Melbourne. Strap in for that. Thank you so much for your time. Make sure you've liked, rate, reviewed, and subscribed. And we will see you after that point. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. And go those Aussies!